this is difficult for all of us to believe in our own hearts or in our own perspective. But judgment and reckoning and showing grace and showing mercy is all part of the human experience. And in fact, if we look at ourselves, not from the perspective of the person being judged, but as the person who has the power to judge or the power to show mercy, then we sort of are able to understand, yeah, this is right. We have a God who judges. We have a God who discerns between right and wrong. And I myself, as an image bearer of God, I can see myself judging people. In fact, I do. And judge those who are righteous and judge those who are not. And so it behooves us to see and to understand that we can't have it both ways. We can't simply want to be judge and juror, and yet at the same time think that we have no culpability to anyone to judge us. And in fact, we know that there is a great judge in the world, God himself, who eventually will judge all people. And so even though our hearts do not want to be on that seat of judgment, we know that one day we will be. God makes, or Jesus makes the story. We don't know how much this story is, is, in, is, is in reality, but we can definitely take truth out of this, perhaps, um, um, parable that God has given to us. You see, there are two people living in this world, a rich man and a poor man. Now, in this passage itself, there is nothing really wrong with being rich or being poor. But in this passage, God judges the rich man, not because of the wealth that he has, but because of the way that he has used his wealth. He used his wealth on himself. He used his wealth to simply enjoy the life that God has given to him. But he has not used his wealth to help the poor, to help those who are in need, to help those who had less, to help someone like Lazarus who was sick as well. God himself has given his bounty to all the peoples of the world. And especially to the church when he gives riches to the church. That we ourselves are his hands and his feet. And we use the wealth that God has given us to go and help the poor to those who are in need. And this is the way that the Lord has apportioned his blessings, his providential blessings to the people of this world. But for those of us who know God, 
and those of us who understand our salvation. We know that all that we have is not because simply the, the works of our hands, but they have been given to us as a blessing. Perhaps through hard work on our own, perhaps through generational blessings as well. Either way, God calls us to look upon those who cannot eat, to those who are sick, and to comfort them as well. This rich man and Lazarus eventually pass away. And here's where the parable truly begins and the understanding of what it means to be judged and what it means to live for all of eternity. Well, what it looks like. Lazarus is called to God himself. And Lazarus enjoys all the good things that the rich man, perhaps, had enjoyed when he was on earth. That the treasures that the rich man had stored upon himself, well, it was gone. But Lazarus, who stored himself riches in heaven, from now to all of eternity, was enjoying the richness and the presence of God from now until forever and ever. Now, rich man, in his death, has sort of come to his senses. The picture of damnation here, the picture of punishment, is of someone who has come to their senses about who God is, but has no way out. This is a stark difference from what we see other people teaching about hell. Some would like to teach that hell is simply a place where our consciousness simply disappears, where we completely forget ourselves, call it eternal amnesia or eternal Parkinson's or, or whatever you want to call it, but you simply forget who you are, you forget all of your memories. There's another aspect of, of hell where people will describe it as a, as a place where you're, you're so inward focused about who you are that it's sort of this eternal depression that you can't see anything outside of yourself and you're sort of trapped and you can't even see that there's a way out, that there's no God out there. But this picture here is a bit different. This is a picture of someone who is burning, being tormented, and knows that they are. Knows that they deserve to be there. Knows that there's no way to get to know God anymore. But knowing that their punishment is just. I believe that this is the more accurate view of what damnation looks like. It's not forgetfulness. It's not simply being lost in your soul. 
but it's the acknowledgement that your sins and your punishment is just. And it's acknowledgement that the punishment that you'll suffer forever will be your lot. And there will be a sadness. There will be a yearning and a burning in your hearts, knowing that this, this may not have had to come to pass if I had just come to my senses on earth and have known the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we, we start here as a, a warning for, for you and me. We live our lives here on this earth with the understanding that God will judge. And the judgment is not harsh, but the judgment is in line with the deeds that we have done. That our judgment should be eternal damnation from the Lord, where there will be punishment, weeping, gnashing of teeth, where there is an awareness that we have wronged the Lord, that we've accepted our punishment, but doing so in a the, in the way that makes us weep, saddened, in a way that shows us our own pain. And this is for all of eternity. But for those of us who know the Lord and continue to do the works of the Lord, to use our wealth, to use our abilities, to love all, to not store for ourselves treasures on earth, but to use our treasures to help the poor and those who are in need. There awaits for us a life of eternal pleasure with the Lord. Jesus, once again, in this Gospel of Luke, and as we keep going through it, he is the one who teaches about hell and heaven, about judgment and righteousness. It is this that you and I have to understand. It is the end point and purpose of our lives as well. So let us continue to be humble before God and to love him as much as he has loved us. Now, this rich man had the presence of mind to ask Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in some water and cool my tongue. For I am in anguish and in pain. 
And Abraham said, I can't do that. I know you're in pain. I know you're in anguish. But there's this chasm. It's too big. The rich man asked again, listen, even if nothing can be done for me, can you please send someone to my father's house? Five brothers I have. Tell them and warn them about this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham. But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And Abraham said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced of someone should rise from the dead. There are a couple of things here to look at. The first is how clear the mind of, the, of this rich man truly is. You know, it, we as human beings, we, we tend not to see sort of how the end of our actions um, will look like. You know, for, for some of us, we, we, we rack up this credit card debt without realizing that as we continue to buy things that there's this interest, there's this reckoning that, that comes. And in fact, it's those of us who've gone through all of that and has seen our credit score sort of destroyed that we, we warn the younger people and say, listen, you, you, you've got to, to look out for your credit. You can't rack up credit card debt. There are some of us who, who aren't healthy, who eat whatever we want. And we're like, well, it's not a big deal. But then there, there's a cost at the end. And, and at the end, you, you see these older people looking at you and say, listen, you've got to eat healthier or you're going to become like me. There's sort of a clarity that comes to, to people once they have um, experienced the, the natural consequences of of, of doing what is wrong. And the rich man has come to that clarity. He will be eternally damned. He will be in torment for the rest of his life. And in this clarity, he has in his mind his five brothers who he appears to love deeply. Even if I cannot get out of this torment. Send someone to warn them of it. I think this is a, a beautiful, even though a, a very sobering reminder that when we walk around this place, you are seeing people who are eternal beings will one day either be like angels with the Lord or be those who be tormented forever. And in our hearts, we need to look at the people God has placed in our lives. And we need to say, God, in my heart right now, help me to have a mindset where I am living in the end time, in eternity. 
help me have that desperation that this rich man already has seen in the end. Help me not to look back in my life when I'm older with regret of, of, of not being your servant, of not sharing the gospel with people. Help me not to, to be that person on my deathbed who has a list of 25 people that I should have shared the gospel with, but I haven't, and I have only days or weeks to do so. But help me, Lord, right now to have that end perspective that I may look at the people who are around me and be desperate for them to not be in eternal torment, that they too would come to know Christ, that they too would live in eternity with you. And so, we did this last week. Who are the people that you are praying for? Who are the people that you are sharing the good news with? Who are the people that you are desperate not to live in torment, but to live with the Lord forever? And ever. The second aspect of, of this perspective is this. That there is only one message that saves. Let me say that again. There's only one message that saves. People seeing miracles don't save them. Even people have experienced hardship and difficulties. That doesn't save them either. There aren't sort of special circumstances that we are looking for that would, would save them. We're hoping that doesn't save them. If a dead man were to rise from the dead, they still wouldn't believe. there's only one message and that's the message of Moses and the prophets from scripture and in today's world it's the simple message you and I you are sinners before the Lord you see the ten commandments you have broken every single one of them You've had other gods before you. You have murdered in your anger. You have stolen with your hands. You have coveted or desired in your heart things that other people have. And you deserve punishment. Because you have wronged God. But Jesus himself has come to save you. And it's only in Jesus and Jesus alone that you can be saved. And you must trust in him and follow him and live the life that he lived. 
to demonstrate to yourself and to the world that Jesus is, is everything to you. Then you'll be saved. It's a simple message. And it's the only message that saves. It's the only words that bring life to people. It's not simply a pat on the back or a hug or even an ear of understanding. Now those are important. But none of that saves. It is only when you and I share the message of Jesus clearly to the people around us that salvation can be theirs. And so the charge for you and I is not to play around. Not to play games with other people's lives. Not to hold people's lives in our hands loosely and just say, you know, th there will come a time, there will come a time where God will show them something and they'll come to know him. You know, they just need to get older and a little bit more mature. Or, you know, once they suffer a little bit, God will make himself, himself clear to them. We know many people who suffered who still don't know the Lord. We know many people who have aged that still don't know the Lord. Who comes to know the Lord? Who is the messenger who comes and brings good news to people that they may hear and repent? and believe. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, says the psalmist of old. And that is you. That is me. That is all of us. We are fighting against principalities of darkness. We are fighting against sin people's rebellion against the Lord. And yet God has decided to use us to bring about salvation for many people. I implore all of you, it is far better, it is far better to have an awkward relationship with someone because you share the gospel with here on this earth. It's far better to have those times where you speak with one another and you share about Jesus and they, they just don't seem to get it or don't want to hear it. It is far better to have that conversation now than to have that conversation when we're all called up to the judgment seat of the Lord. It is far better that we share the gospel 
and see people come to know the Lord now and saved from torment. than it is to be in heaven wondering if I just shared the gospel with a few people that perhaps they would have been saved too. Be bold, be courageous. God will give you the words. Love people as Jesus intended you to love them. Save them from torment and bring light into their lives. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. In all things, you are king. You are judge. In all things, Lord, um, we worship you. And so we ask of you, Lord, for your kingdom to come. And Lord, we as people, we selfishly ask that many times because we see ourselves suffering in this world. We ask, Lord, for you to come because we see how much anger, how much sin is in this world. But Lord, at this moment, we ask for mercy. Yes, we want you to come, but it's not yet. There are people who need to hear the gospel. There are people who need to hear the good news. There are people who need to come to you and be rescued and snatched from the devil's hands, Lord God. And Lord, there and Lord, we are those mouthpieces, Lord God. And Lord, just as that rich man who living in torment was desperate to see his five brothers um, come to know you, Lord, give us a heart of measured desperation to share the good news with all. For Lord God, we want to rejoice in eternity with you. When we see those who are saved with us, and we want to weep when we see those, Lord, who have rejected you. Oh Lord, give us sober hearts and sober minds. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.